Welcome. This is Victoria Schneps, president of Schneps Media, 80 media outlets to serve the community. And today we are doing our Power Woman podcast with Beth Finkel. Beth, I'm so proud to announce, is the state director of ARP in New York State. Welcome, Beth. Thank you, Vicki. Very pleased to be here. So, you know, I, uh, my Power Women podcast always zeroes in on who influenced you as a young person to be the great success you are today. Can you share with us who influenced you in your growing up years? I guess I have to say my parents, but I have to uh, particularly probably say my father. My father was a, a very, very hard worker. And in our house, hard work was really valued almost above anything else. You know, that was that was the driving force. Uh, when I think about it, um, you know, my my father worked long hours and worked a lot of weekends. And my friends and the neighbors would say, oh, poor you, your father's you know, always at work. And, and I would think to myself, well, that's great. I mean, he loves what he does. And, you know, he earns a good living and he likes being a hard worker. So that was just the, the core, I think, value of our home. My mother was a housewife and our house was the cleanest on the block, uh, except for <laughs> Mrs. Levine, who they rumored she went in the basement and polished her pipes. But I, I don't know if that was really true. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, you know, growing up in that kind of family, uh, it's really, I think, role model that you found, right, with your dad and, and, and your mom, that they yes. were great role models. No, sure thing. no and respect, respect for, for the working person. Above all else, respect for work, the working person. So I think that, you know, one of the things that uh, we are talking about is the tremendous impact uh, that AARP is having in the world of people who are 50 plus. And I know that you're just uh, presenting the blueprint for action on behalf of 50 plus citizens in our state. Can you a little bit about that blueprint and what you are aiming for? Well, we know that the numbers of older adults are increasing just exponentially, both in New York City and New York State. You know, we know that one in four New Yorkers will be over 60 uh, years old by 2030. And uh, we all have to be prepared for that. People are living longer, which is a good thing, because you get a boom from the longevity economy. People, you know, stay in their communities and they spend money at their local groceries, dry cleaners, etc. You want to encourage people to stay right here in New York City and uh, not to not to move elsewhere. And the way to do that is to have a plan for how to keep them here, how to make them feel valued, that they have everything that they need so that they can keep being both a boon financially, but also in terms of the human capital that they bring. You know, who's the volunteer that everybody knows at your church, your synagogue, your local Y, you know, you name it. The backbone of the volunteer force in New York is older adults. So for all those reasons, it's really important that uh, our city council, our mayor, and, you know, all of our borough presidents look at this, look at this blueprint for action and figure out how to make sure that older adults want to be here in New York and then have what they need to stay here in New York. So what are some of the things you're advocating for within that blueprint? 
I would say ageism is probably the number one. You know, ageism is just rampant uh, in New York. As a matter of fact, uh, 78% of people 50 plus say that they have either seen or experienced age discrimination. 78%, that's a huge number. And in fact, 20% say that they were passed over for a job because of their age. And we, we just cannot tolerate this. You know, we, mm. there is, right. Uh, and then when, if you, if you look at the combination of ageism and then racism, that intersection is an incredibly awful, awful place. And, and again, we cannot tolerate that as New Yorkers. So we're, we're hoping that uh, the mayor will create a deputy mayor for aging be, to coordinate all the services to make sure that everyone even knows that there is a New York City Department for the Aging. Uh, and by the way, we'd love to see a change in that name. Have you ever heard of a more archaic name, the New York City Department for the Aging? I agree. God, it really makes you want to pick up the phone so and call throw that out. Mother, give, us, <laughs> give us, give us, no, no, let's break news here. What would you suggest we call it? Oh, I don't know. We, I think we got a lot of good thinkers, a lot of good communicators. You're one of them, Vicki. Maybe you can help us come up with a name or maybe we ought to do a contest. for the next That's an interesting day. idea because I do believe you are right on the money about that name is very offsetting. And, um, you know, I'm very involved with children with disabilities. And years ago, someone was called mentally retarded. Now, uh-uh. It's developmental disabilities or special needs. And I think it makes a mental. I started out, they called group homes hostels. Imagine the connotation of hostel. Yeah. And the double multi-layer of that. So I think you're on to something. So we're going to have a, we'll talk after we get off uh, offline and see if we can come up with a contest to get somebody to present it to the mayor. Right. Give him some ideas. Yeah, He's an idea man. Yes, that's right. yes. That's right. You know, I'm a I'm a card carrying ARP member, and I also would love you to talk a little bit about the uh, benefits that it brings to people because it meant a lot to me when I had a recent operation. What I would say is, you know, ARP is made up of three components, and and one of them is the one that has products and services. But I work for the not for profit. Uh, okay, five hundred one C. Thank you. And so I I would. I would talk about the benefits. I am talking about the benefits of having ARP fighting for 50 plus and their families. There's nobody out there fighting on social security, the future of Medicare. And just as we were just talking about the quality of life for older New Yorkers in New York City. And we are powerful. And believe me, we are powerful. The power of the 50 plus voter is because of people being our members. We have Three quarters of a million members just here in New York City, two and a half million. Well, can you York say City. that again? I mean, that's a huge number. Mm -hmm. We have three quarters of a million members just here in the five boroughs, two and a half million in New York State. And we use the power of those numbers to get out there and let legislators and elected officials know just what's important to the 50 plus. Uh, as a matter of fact, there is it is absolutely the voting block that has decided every election in recent history because wow. the numbers are yes, all the exit polls show that it's the 50 plus that is, are the deciding factor. And you know why? Because they vote. They vote on presidential years, but they vote on off years. And and the elected officials they know that. They know that very well. And so they listen to the 50 plus and ARP works 
That's that's our job is to make sure that they hear. We need better transportation. We need more accessibility uh, to subway stations, etc. We need to look at economic security in the city. We know that nine out of ten people in New York City are telling us that it's hard to save for retirement. Nine out of ten. That's a huge, huge number. Uh, we also know that people have issues around hunger. The numbers of people needing food assistance during this pandemic more than doubled of older adults. I mean, that's, again, a staggering number. So there's a lot to do, but we are very hopeful. We have new leadership in the mayor, Mayor Adams, and we have new leadership uh, actually from Queens, another Queens girl like myself, Adrian Adams, who's now uh, the head of the city council. So we are very excited about the opportunities going forward and with really a new, new strong leadership that really is visionary. Well, I agree that, uh, you know, the uh, issues that you mentioned, I'm just thinking about the billions that are coming to New York City, Beth, for transportation through the MTA. You know, we own AM New York Metro, which is distributed in the subway. So we have our eye on the number of riders and it's, you know, the numbers of millions. So, you know, tr- accessibility is now is a very good time to beat that drum louder than ever because they are going to be investing in that MTA infrastructure. So I'm, I'm fascinated that that is an issue that you're going to be able to put the spotlight on. Well, you know, it's it's very important. First of all, people have to be able to ex- access the subway to go to work. Of but course. For all, but also for older adults, they need to get services, right? They need to get health services. They need to get caregiving services. And if the, their caregiver workforce can't get to them, then they're really going to be in trouble, right? And we have enough of problems with dearth of caregivers as is. So that's another issue. Affordable housing, and I think that's to your point too, money coming into the city. Affordable housing is something that we have our eye on because we know that people are really having trouble with that. It's been historical in the city. And today I think I saw uh, that the it's the highest rent average, average rent ever uh, in New York for this month. I think it was $3,400 was the average cost for rental in New York City uh, Mm -hmm. this month. That's not affordable for for most people. So we need to look at that. We also need to look at our NYCHA housing. There's a lot of older adults in NYCHA housing. We need to really look at that too. Uh, And, you know, as I was talking about economic stability uh, and caregiving is, is extremely important. And isolation, I think, is probably the other area that I really need to highlight because you get very lonely. You get, could have gotten very lonely before COVID hit. And now, you know, loneliness is, is that much stronger. And actually, isolation is equal to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So the health ramifications of being lonely or isolated it's, it's really sad and we need to do something about that. We need to touch people. As you said at the beginning of this talk, we, we need to reach out and touch people. Beth, let me just forward march on this idea of um, these advocacy issues that people may not even be aware of. For instance, like the isolation, I think um, one of the things we're hearing repeatedly is the mental um, illnesses and depression that people are experiencing. And how do you advocate for that amongst your seniors? Because they are isolated to begin with. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why we are such big um, supporters and advocates for the New York City Department for the Aging, until we change the name. Yes. (laughs) Um, And, um, you know, that is really a place that older adults 
can get all different services. They can get information and referrals, but they can also go to congregate settings, senior centers, which is another name that we need to change, senior centers. Did you ever hear of a, a less jazzy term of a place to go to? <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Uh, so we need to look at that also. But Oh, yes. <laughs> but I think that, you know, the, the bottom line is that we all, all of us as friends and neighbors and relatives of older adults who might be isolated, especially in these times, really need to take a moment and think about it on the personal level. So, you know, we're, we're advocating on the systemic level. We want more money to go to the New York City Department for the Aging. Right now, although um, older adults make up a huge, uh, over 20% of the population of New York City, only less than 1% of the New York City budget actually goes to the New York City Department for the Aging. Which well, that's is, an important factoid. Okay. Right. I mean, not a head out. scratcher, right? Yes. Um, so let's put our money where our mouth is. You know, if we care about older adults, let's fund it the way it needs to be funded so that we can combat isolation. But on top of that, I think each of us as friends and neighbors and caring neighbors, you know, need to stop and think sometimes, let me knock on Mrs. S's door. Let me see how she's doing. Maybe she needs a quart of milk. Maybe she needs somebody to just run out to her mailbox and pick up her mail for her. Whatever it may be, you know, maybe she just needs somebody to say, hey, how you doing today? Pick up the phone and call and say, I know you're afraid to get in touch, be close to other people because of COVID right now, but I'd love to chat with you. We could have a cup of tea over the telephone together, whatever. Um, and I think, you know, we need to think about that in these times because it means a huge amount. It really does. Well, I think, you know, you've talked about so many important issues, and um, I believe that you are a leader uh, to be able to bring the message to our wonderful new mayor and our wonderful uh, new governor, because they are open books who are able to take in uh, ideas, and you're an idea woman. So share with me some of your secrets to success. How did you get to be number one in New York State for AARP? What advice would you give other people to be successful in their careers? Aside from the hard work <laughs> and a lot of luck <laughs> and a lot of good fortune. But, uh, you know, when, when I was a um, when I was younger and actually with my own three children, um, you know, I, I, I Appreciated that you talked that you were one that you were a teacher originally, Vicky. And, and my, believe it or not, my original career was in lingerie. Oh, <laughs> I lingerie. I love yeah. it. Um, I was a, a sales manager for a, a national wholesale lingerie company. Only the very finest, though, trousseau quality lingerie. But, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, one of the things that I have always valued is curiosity. And I think Vicki, you touched on that earlier. And I think it's about taking the time to ask the right questions. And a lot of years ago, I read this letter to the editor in the New York Times. The title was, uh, Izzy, did you ask a good question today? And basically, it was uh, Isidore Rabi, who was a Nobel Prize winner in physics. And he said in his neighborhood, all the kids would come home from school and their moms would say, oh, what did you learn today? Were you able to answer the questions that the teachers asked you today? He said his mother was the mother who said, Izzy, did you ask a good question today? And he oh, said that really set him off on his life path. And 
Um, I try to do that. I try to do that. I didn't do it as a child because my mother didn't ask that question. She was one of the ones who said, how'd you do on the test today? But <laughs> I certainly did that with my kids. And I think that, you know, that endless curiosity, uh, that, that, that's what helps you really become a constructive problem solver, not just someone who throws out ideas, but someone who really constructively thinks thinks it through and continues to be curious in life, no matter what your age is. I think that's. Well, that is a profound statement, a profound statement. And I must say that um, I took notes and um, we're going to make sure to include that in the article, because I think that that's something that, um, you know, I, I use it a different way. I say, if I didn't learn something new today, it wasn't a great day, but it's a great day when you learn something new. So that's, you know, the curiosity of our um, personality. So I am so delighted to have had with us Beth Finkel, who is the state director of AARP New York State. So have a beautiful, beautiful year. And thank you for being with us. Okay. Thank you, Beth.